0: Things people fail to realize is that prayer is a learned behavior. It's not something we are born again knowing how to do. Listen to the Word of God speak as Pastor Lee teaches on the subject of learning to pray. Uh, we we traditionally used to do what was called prayer meeting on Wednesday nights. You know how much we prayed uh, on Wednesday nights—ten minutes, maybe, maybe. Uh, because we had Bible study. Everybody wanted to study the Bible, which I think is great too. Uh, But I believe it was Richard Foster who once wrote uh, that a meeting set aside, especially, this may not apply for uh, Montana. This is kind of interesting. A meeting set aside for prayer, especially for prayer, is about as rare as a frost in June. Well, now... (laughs) Where I'm from in the south, it was just rare. Uh, it may not be that rare out here, but uh, you get the point. Prayer is vital. Prayer is absolutely essential. Uh, it's, it's the harder part of what we do, though, right? It's work. It takes time, thought, energy, effort. Uh, and so sometimes it ends up being neglected. So today we're going to begin this journey, and I, I believe as a young church, that this is uh, one of those foundational pieces for us to see God work in, in and through Church of the Rockies as we try to reach out to our community. Um, Luke chapter 11, verses 1 through uh, 4, is one place in the New Testament where the Lord's Prayer is found. Matthew 6, 9 through 15 is the other place. I just gave you that as a reference, and we'll be looking at that some throughout the next few weeks as well i want to ask you a question this morning if you only had one minute to talk to god what would you say i love you i I mean that's all you had one minute thank you We'd like to think we had more time, right? I mean, one minute's not long. How how in one minute do we uh, come before Almighty God and share all of our needs with Him and at the same time thank Him and love Him and praise Him? In one minute. What would you say if you only had one minute to talk to God? Well, would you be surprised if I told you this morning that in the Lord's Prayer, you can express everything that you need to express within one minute. That's how God's designed that prayer. And uh, and we're going to get into that prayer and, and begin to look at it in the next few weeks. I think it's interesting. As I, as I first heard that, I thought, man, that's awesome. You know, because... Um, Sometimes we have a knee-jerk reaction to things as believers and different denominations hear about other denominations doing things and they're like, oh, we can't do it. you know. And so I know in evangelical circles, we have a kind of a knee-jerk reaction to like repeating the Lord's Prayer because we know it's been abused in some ways. Um, but I want you to know that by the time we get through, I'm hoping it's going to be something you want to say every day because when you begin to understand the, the pieces of the prayer... The elements of the prayer it's something that you'll want to communicate to God on a regular basis so let's uh let's begin reading there in chapter 11 and verse 1 now it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place when he ceased that one of his disciples said to him Lord teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples so he said to them when you pray say our father in heaven hallowed be your name your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day give us day by day our daily bread and forgive us our sins for we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us and do not lead us into temptation but deliver us from the evil one. And so We don't have time to... I mean, this is going to be a six-week series. So what I want you to do in the next few weeks and days and weeks is look at this prayer, study this prayer, begin to look at the pieces of it and understand how you could pray this and you could be praying everything that you need to express to God within one minute. But today, before we jump right into it, I just want to make some observations about the prayer. I want us to... uh, kind of do an overview, an introduction to this series of messages. And I think that uh, we can find these particular observations here within these few few, uh, short verses. The first thing I want you to notice in uh, chapter 11 of the Gospel of Luke is that prayer is behavioral. Prayer is behavioral. What do I mean by that? Prayer is something that we do. Prayer is not something that just happens to you. It's very intentional on our part, and so it's something that we do. Now you can find this in the in the first verse here in chapter eleven. Listen carefully. Now it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. I think this is this is really Something that we need to get before we can ever uh, venture out into an effective prayer life Here we have a scene where jesus is with his disciples and his disciples uh, Have been living with him And they're watching jesus And it's almost as if at this point they see him in the posture of prayer They see him praying and so they say to him lord teach us to pray Well, the interesting thing is they had been praying. It's not like they had never prayed before. They were followers, and they had experienced the practice of prayer before, but they see something in the life of our Savior that is missing in their life, and they say to Jesus, Lord, teach us to pray. Now, the fact that they asked Jesus to teach them to pray... And the fact that he was willing to take time to teach them to pray tells us something very important about prayer. Prayer is a learned behavior. It is not something that comes natural. In fact, as believers, if you've been a believer for any length of time, you'll recognize the fact that oftentimes prayer is agony because it's hard to get it done at times. And we agonize over it, and we wonder if our prayers are bouncing off the ceiling, or are they making it to uh, the ear of our Lord? and so prayer is something that is to be learned. So here's what I would say as we as we go into this journey together, our first thing, our first order of business is to do this right here: Lord, teach me to pray. I mean, if those who had been living with him You know for so long and watching him on a daily basis say to have to say lord We need you to teach us And I think that's where we begin our journey in prayer. How many of you have ever asked the lord to teach you to pray A few yeah That's Kind of what I thought because sometimes we don't think of it that way Who better to teach you to pray? Than the lord himself That's why we can call this the master plan for prayer The master plan for prayer. The Apostle Paul understood that there was a great need. He knew that we needed help when it came to praying. And this is what we read in Romans 8, 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weakness. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered paul understood the need for help when it came to prayer these two phrases in the bible lord teach us to pray for we do not know what to pray for as we ought Uh, these indicate that we as christ followers need help in this area of our lives so i guess the first thing we need to do is just recognize that sometimes we have a tendency to think got it all together I'm checking off the list I've said my prayer this morning I read my Bible had my devotion all those are good and you need to I'm not knocking them I'm just saying sometimes we have a tendency to kind of get in that routine or even in a rut at times and uh, think that we've got it all figured out and yet we probably ought to take time to cry out and say God teach me to pray teach me to pray there was a time when uh, Jesus was talking to his disciples in matthew chapter 20 and verse 22. He even says this to him at one point You do not know What you are asking I wonder sometimes if i'm praying <laughs> when i'm praying if if uh, Maybe god would like to say that to me lee You don't know what you're asking for You know uh, You ever heard that saying be careful what you ask for uh, He might would well say that to me lee be careful What you ask for You know and so uh, learning to pray and, and it being a, something that is behavioral. You know, prayer is one of the, if not the greatest weapon we have in our arsenal. In fact, it's been said that prayer is the key that unlocks the supernatural power of God. I love Jeremiah 33 3. I don't know if you know that verse or not, but it says, Call unto me, and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Hey, I don't know about you, but I want him to show me things that are beyond me, beyond my feeble attempt, beyond who I am, beyond what I can do. And so that's a great prayer too. Lord, teach us to pray in this way. Call on the name of the Lord, and he will hear you. Jeremiah 33:3 is a great verse. Listen to this real quick. When we talk about prayer and the need to know how to pray, Prayer is the way we defeat the devil. Prayer is the way that lost people get saved. Prayer is the way that you acquire wisdom. James tells us to ask for wisdom. Prayer is the way that backsliders, people who are far away from God, are restored. Prayer is the way that believers are strengthened in their faith. Prayer is the way to get laborers into the mission field. Prayer is how the the sick are healed. Prayer is how we accomplish the impossible. Prayer is how the first church was started in the book of Acts. And prayer is how we, as a new church, will succeed. So it's important for us to say, oh God, teach us how to pray. Because it's a learned behavior. It's not something that comes natural to any of us. And so it's something that we learn from God and that we also learn from one another as we share in times of prayer. Secondly, as part of this overview, prayer is not only behavioral, prayer is also relational. Prayer is also relational. There in chapter 11, in verse 2, it says, So he said to them, When you pray, say, Our Father in heaven. The first phrase of this prayer helps us to understand that it is all about a relationship. Um, some of you are, I've just met for the first time this morning, uh, and, and, uh, and so you're just kind of seeing me for the first time and hearing me. But my name is Lee Merck, my wife is Christy, and we've got four daughters Maggie, Caroline, Colleen, and Abigail. I have a special relationship with those four girls. I am their daddy. There is not anybody else in the world that belongs to me like they do. And there's not anybody else in the world that can call me daddy in a legitimate sense. They're my children. I am their father. And guess what? Because of that relationship I have with them, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, they get special privileges. They get special because they're my children. They're my daughters. I look after them. I take care of them more so than I do anybody else's children, right? Because of that special relationship that I have with them. It's the same way in that spiritual sense with God, our Heavenly Father. Prayer is about that type of relationship. In order for us to pray effectively, we must have a personal relationship with God. You see, um, everybody is not a child of God. Now, that might not ring, that might not set well with you to begin with, but just let me explain that a little bit. I remember when John Kerry was running for president. And they were asking him and the other candidate some questions and about religion and what he believed and those kind of things. And he made a statement. He said, we are all children of God. That's not true. Now, we are all God's creation. We were all created by God in a very special way. We're all God's creatures. And we're all created in the image of God. You can't be a child of God unless you've been born again. Unless you've come into a faith relationship with him through his son Jesus. That's the only way. But when you do have that relationship with him, you can go to him in prayer and say, Father. You can go to him in prayer and say, Daddy. And guess what? Because you have a relationship with him, he's going to look after you as if you were his own because you are. Only those who know him by faith can call him Father. It's about a relationship. Prayer is all about that relationship. Think about it now. If, we're, if prayer is about communicating with God and talking to God about our needs, expressing our love and our adoration to him, it, does it not make sense that we, we as his children communicate to a heavenly father? How precious is that in our own hearts and minds that we are talking to someone who loves us unconditionally and is willing to work on our behalf? You know the truth is there's not um, very many words in the english vocabulary that are much sweeter to me anyway than the word daddy when we first had maggie 18 years ago well actually when she was a toddler about two years old i experienced something for the first time never had children before so i was learning and uh I was uh, pastoring my first church. I would go across the road to the church. and I'd study in the office, and I would come, come back home, or I'd be out in the community visiting. But I'd come back home, and as I approached the storm door, I could see that Maggie was toddling around in the house, she was walking around in the kitchen just, you know, how toddlers do. But when she saw me coming to the door, she would turn and run to the door with her arms in the air, and what she would say, Is daddy. Daddy's home. They've all done that. Now, they still do that, but they're a little older now. So, uh, But I want to tell you, that's a sweet sight. That's a sweet sound. And I want to tell you, when it comes to prayer, it's about that type of relationship that we have with God. And the fact of the matter is, that relationship that we have with God, or, or that is had with God, is available to all people. Everywhere, those who will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Trusting in Jesus and as our Lord and Savior allows us to be a part of his family. And then we can address him as Father. You know, uh, Paul talks about this too in Romans eight fifteen, And just jot that down. You don't have to turn. He says, For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba father he's talking about that relationship that we have with God and in our own hearts and our own minds causes us to cry out to him in prayer and say father our father don't miss the first two words of this prayer they are extremely significant very meaningful and so we say our father it's interesting to me that that's how the prayer starts that father is the term that we see used first in this prayer. Uh, Look with me, if you will, in Luke 11, just a little farther down, we see this idea of of prayer being a relationship with the heavenly Father expressed again in verse 9. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, Will he give him a stone, or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish, or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give to the give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Jesus says in this passage, you know, the earthly fathers they know how to bless their children. They're sinful. And they know how to bless their children. How much more do I know how to bless my children when they come and when they ask of me? And so to help us get started, we understand prayer is behavioral. It's a learned behavior. It's something we ask God to teach us. And then secondly, it's based on a relationship. It's based on a personal relationship with God that only comes through Jesus Christ the Lord. And then the last thing I want you to notice about this prayer today is that it is strategical. It's very strategical. There in chapter 2 again, I want you to notice, and I'm kind of picking picking some words out to help us with this. So he said to them, when you pray, say. That's the phrase I want you to get right now. When you pray, say. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 9, where the other Um, Part of this is found the other uh, Episode of the lord's prayer being Communicated to us says In this manner therefore pray In this manner Therefore pray now One of the things that I will say Is that jesus does not seem to be Indicating that that he is Wanting his disciples to Repeat this prayer as a Chant or some type of Magic magic formula i don't believe That it's not some type of Magic formula that we just say and, uh, and don't know what it means We need to know what the prayer means We need to know what the prayer expresses But again we're going to be getting into that In the next few weeks here's, here's what I do want you to know Though is that This was very strategical on the Lord's part Think about it for a moment The disciples say Lord teach us to pray Do you think he's just going to throw any old thing out there Alright well Bless us for no more You know, he's not going to throw just any old thing out there to them. He very deliberately gives them what we might call a model, plan, or a strategy. And that's why he says, in this way, therefore, pray. He was indicating that there is a pattern to be followed, a strategy uh, in place. Now, I'm going to make a confession here. Um and I'm assuming I'm not the only one. How many of you men or women have ever set out to do a task or put something together and the first thing you did when you started taking things out of the box was you set the directions aside? Am I the only one that's ever done that? All right. I don't know why that is, but we all do that. We just say, hmm, I don't need those. I just look at the picture on the box, right? <laughs> I'm going to put it together like it looks right here on the box. And so we go to work. Some are more proficient at doing that than others. I am not one. Because whenever I do it without the directions, a couple things happen. One is usually I end up with extra parts. I'm so glad they always send extra parts with these things in case, in case something breaks. I always have an extra part. Or it just isn't done right. One of the two usually ends up happening. I have another confession to make. Sometimes I go by the directions and I still don't get it right. So, how about when it comes to prayer? If we have a plan in place, it'll help us want it. Because there are times when we pray that we might... Not go by a plan, or, and we might leave something out. Something that we really wanted to pray about might get left out. If we haven't written it down, or if we haven't uh, you know usually what's most pressing on our heart, we're, we're pretty quick with that. But how m- many other things are there to be praying about that we need to bring to the Lord in prayer? Well, that goes back to this idea of the Lord's Prayer, being a type of prayer that expresses all the essentials. So that we don't leave anything out. And then there's a possibility. That not only if we don't um, think about what the Bible teaches us about prayer. And see this as a plan or a strategy. We might not do it right. Now you're saying. Is it possible not to pray right? Absolutely. Let me help you with that. James chapter 1, verses 6 and 7. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. So there's this idea of faith needing to be present in our lives. Is it possible not to pray right? Absolutely. Let me give you another verse of Scripture. In the book of James, chapter 4, verse 3, You ask and you do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. So here's what I want you to see from this. Prayer is not just something we arbitrarily do. Prayer is something that the Bible describes as being very intentional very thoughtful, and, and on our part, even, even approaching it with a plan so that we don't leave anything out or so that we don't pray in the wrong way. And we'll look at that a little more in depth uh, in the weeks to come. I want to encourage you this morning by just simply saying to you that the Lord has given us some special tools when it comes to prayer. And he's given us the model, he's given the disciples the model that if they learn to pray, if we learn to pray, then we're not going to be leaving anything out that we need to pray for. And so we'll be picking that apart a little more in the next few weeks. But let me close with this illustration of prayer this morning. I read a story several years ago about a guy whose name, I'm probably going to butcher his name, it's a foreign name, Ali Sagu. He was the first christian convert on the muslim island of comoros it's off of the um eastern end of africa and so think about this for a minute it's it's a muslim island muslim territory no christians ali gets saved how does he get saved because a christian missionary came through the island shared the gospel Ali met Jesus. Well, it was um, very difficult for him to be the only Christian on an island surrounded by uh, people of the Muslim religion. So what happens is that he gets arrested and he gets put in jail. And as they are questioning him, um, they, they are really they've they've kept him in jail for several months i don't remember exactly how long but they put him on trial the people are gathered around muslim leadership is there the authorities are there and they pretty much tell him you've got three options you've got three options you can be uh put in prison for the rest of your life you can be shot and killed or you can be deported you can be sent away from here for the rest of your life those three options well he was a new believer And so the first thing he does is he drops to his knees in front of all of these Muslim people and he begins to pray. And he says, Lord Jesus, he says, I know that you are with me. And basically his prayer is a prayer of wanting to know what to do. He says, I want to do what you want me to do. What should I choose? Well, this didn't make any sense to anybody. I mean, Right. What, what would you choose? I'm, yeah, send me out of here. I I want to get away from all this. So, uh, the fact that he's even considering another option causes the crowd to go wild. The crowd begins to say, "This man is not right. He is insane. Something is wrong with him. You cannot kill a man who's out of his mind." Lo and behold, all of the authorities listen to the crowd. And they do nothing with him. That's what his sentence is. Well, that's not the end of the story. What happens is, and that was a, as a result of prayer, right? What happens is the, uh, the magistrates tell the, the police to get him, get a truck driver, take him back home, get him out of here. So they take him back to his house. And the policeman that was with them is the one that had been assigned to him to watch him while he was in prison. When they get to his house, the police tells the truck driver to go on that he wants to spend some time with Ali. And so he says to Ali, uh, I want to ask you some questions about the God that you say you serve because he showed up mightily on your behalf today. And the police, before he leaves Ali's house, prays to receive Christ as his Lord and Savior. And then... I won't tell you the rest, but it it goes on and on from there. And how did it start? It started with prayer. Not a big, long prayer. Probably didn't take a whole minute, did it? Dear Jesus, I know that you are with me. Show me what you would want me to do. That sounds kind of like, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy will be done. Master plan for prayer. It's there. It's available to us. I'm excited about going on this journey with you in the next few weeks and learning more about what the Bible has to say about prayer. Thank you for listening to the Word of God Speak, the sermon podcast of Pastor Lee Merck. We hope that you were blessed by today's episode.